and welcome to the Narrow Road Podcast, a place to share the journey of walking with God on the narrow road that leads to life. I hope that you find rest and encouragement here, but above all, the awareness that you're not alone on the way. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Narrow Road Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Bowyer, and it is my pleasure to be back with you for another episode. Tonight, I wanted to look at the idea of practicing what we preach, actually living in the light every day, not just in the past, not just sometimes, not just a hoped-for future us, a hoped-for future version of yourself, but actually living in the light, living in the truth practicing what you preach. And I'm going to start in the book of John. I'm going to start in a reference uh, reference point of the book of John chapter 12 because I was really convicted by a passage from a devotional by Oswald Chambers this evening. And I wanted to speak on that because his devotion is very strongly worded, but yet exactly what I feel like I needed to hear and I feel like maybe you might need to hear. So if you're not familiar with Oswald Chambers, he was a Scottish minister who was born in Aberdeen, Scotland, um, but ultimately ended up settling in and around London, England. He was the son of Clarence Chambers, who was a evangelist for the for a Baptist association in the UK, and he ended up growing into quite a profound man of God, very very strong teacher and leader, and he was very unfortunately struck down by an early death due to appendicitis, but his wife, his widow, ended up transcribing and publishing. Um, books and articles edited from the notes that she had taken during the Bible college years that he was living and teaching. And of the 30 books that she ended up publishing on his behalf after his passing, My Utmost for His Highest, which is a daily devotional, and it has 365 selections of his talks. And they're all quite short, but they are powerful. And that is my utmost for his highest, that work, that devotional book is where I'm getting this particular um, passage that I'm going to read in a moment. But first, I'm going to start with the scripture that the passage that the devotional is kind of prompted off of out of um, John chapter 12, the red letters, Jesus is speaking. And I'm going to give some context to set it up. So John chapter 12, starting in verse 35. But before that verse, this is right after the triumphant entry when he's coming in and they're, the, the Jews are pronouncing him the Messiah. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. They By this point, Jesus has been ministering for three years throughout the area, throughout the region, and he's become quite renowned, quite respected, also quite hated, as we know by the Pharisees. 
but he's well respected and he's really won over a large population of the people. However, we know that the same very same people that were so excited to welcome this king of Israel in to Israel, or excuse me, to Jerusalem would just a few days later be crying out for his death and um, his crucifixion. So where this passage of scripture in John 12 is starting, it's right after the triumphant entry and, excuse me, right before the Feast of Passover. And so I'm going to start in John chapter 12, verse 35. He's been talking to people and teaching them, obviously, in some of his last messages. But he's in this particular setup where we're going to catch him. He is announcing his upcoming death. He knows that it's coming. He knows it's soon. And he is communicating that to them. And they're confused. The people around him hearing him, they're confused because they... Their understandings of the coming Christ, who they understand him to be, would reign forever and ever. So how can you be saying you're you're going to be lifted up soon? You're going to you're going to die soon. And so he looks at them and he says in verse 35, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light. Believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe him. When I skip down from that point, down to verse 42... It says, nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for, the love, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which, ju- which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave, a co- gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. I think it's interesting that Jesus, in both of these passages that we've just read, he's referring to light versus darkness. He's referring to himself and the words that he's sharing and has been sharing with the, with the believers, with the unbelievers, with his disciples, with the Pharisees, is light. He's likening it to light. And he's showing them that the alternative to living from these words, to living out these words, is darkness. The darkness that they'd already been in, but the darkness that they can re-enter if they don't stay in the light, if they don't stay in the light of his words. And so on that, on that theme, I'm now going to read to us from Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, um, a short passage from that devotional book titled Living Your Theology. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so the scripture that Oswald starts this devotional piece with is what I've just read, John 12, 35. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. And here's what he says to that. Beware of not acting upon what you see in your moments on the mountaintop with God. If you do not obey the light, it will turn into darkness. And now he's quoting Matthew 6, 23. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The moment you forsake the matter of sanctification or neglect anything else on which God has given you his light, your spiritual life begins to, dis to disintegrate within you. Continually bring the truth out into your real life, working it out into every area, or else even the light that you possess will itself prove to be a curse. The most difficult person to deal with is the one who has the prideful self-satisfaction of a past experience, but is not working that experience out in his everyday life. If you say you are sanctified, show it. The experience must be so genuine that it shows in your life. Beware of any belief that makes you self-indulgent or self-gratifying. That belief came from the pit of hell itself, regardless of how beautiful it may sound. Your theology must work itself out, exhibiting itself in your most common, everyday relationships. Our Lord said, Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. That's from Matthew 5, verse 20. In other words, you must be more moral than the most moral person you know. You may know all the doctrine of sanctification, but are you working it out in the everyday issues of your life? Every detail of your life, whether physical, moral, or spiritual, is to be judged and measured by the standard of the atonement by the cross of Christ. That is a to-the-point, punch-in-the-gut kind of devotional. <laughs> Reading that, I can imagine first thing in the morning would be quite the... It could give quite the ouch factor. <laughs> um, just reading it to myself here again, it's like, wow, wow, wow. That is so, so severe in its truth. I'm going to reread that middle passage where he says this. The most difficult person to deal with is the one who has had the prideful self-satisfaction of a past experience, but is not working that experience out in his everyday life. If you say you are sanctified, show it. The experience must be so genuine that it shows in your life. Beware of any belief that makes you self-indulgent or self-gratifying. That belief came from the pit of hell itself, regardless of how beautiful it may sound. Holy smokes. I think, you know, in those moments when I'm reading that back to myself, my mind obviously goes to places like, well, that's, he's, you know, he's describing the Pharisees there. He's describing, you know, these men who were of, of great repute in the community. They were devout. They were well-respected. They knew the Torah. They were very religious. They were quite pompous and pious. And, and, and here, here the son of God, God himself is looking them in the eyes and they can't see him and they can't see him so much that they want to you know, they hate him to the point of wanting to kill him. Here, this God that you've researched and studied and learned all about is right there looking at you and you can't see him. And so when you read that, you're like, oh, well, you know, that's the kind of person he's talking about. These prideful, self-satisfied men who, you know, had this grand spiritual and theological understanding. And of course, that blinded them and 
you know, their, their pride was just, you know, they were hanging out on that pride over the school they went to or the education they'd received or the family they came from or their, you know, their spiritual piety. And yet <laughs> he's actually talking to each of us. He's actually talking to me. If you say you are sanctified, show it. If you say you walk with the Father of lights, then you ought to be light, right? It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Your theology must work itself out, exhibiting itself in your most common everyday relationships. Man, oh man. And I know in my own life that probably in my everyday relationships, that would be the easiest place for me to fall short of sanctification. And so really, tonight, dear friends, I'm just hoping that wherever you are, whoever listens to this, and whenever you hear it, that it is a reminder, gentle reminder, that we should walk in the light while we have the light. Walk in the light while we have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He says, the moment you forsake the matter of sanctification or neglect anything else on which God has given you his light, your spiritual life begins to disintegrate within you. Continually bring the truth out into your real life, working it out into every area, or else even the light that you possess will itself be proved to become a curse. Proved to become a curse. How could anything God has shown us end up becoming a curse. But that is, that's, that's when righteousness turns into self-righteousness, right? That's when we sit back and relax on, in who we used to be in God or in what we think we know about spiritual matters. And, and we forget that we have to be daily picking up our cross, daily following him, daily dying. And I'm, I'm really talking to myself here. I'm reminding myself of the truth because I have walked through so much with the Lord in my 13 years of walking with him so far. And it's so easy to get very comfortable in what I think I know. And I know that even in my hard seasons, in this most recent difficult season, I've looked back and been, I've been almost a bit lazy, like, oh, you know, I know the things of God, you know, it's going to carry me through. And what he is giving us a stern warning about is that attitude of, you know, been there, done that, I know it all, I'm all good. It's going to, you know, I can kind of coast instead of staying close to the light and walking in the light that that very same light that you possess can become its own curse. We have to not just rely on old light or rely on old experiences with God, old knowledge of God, but those old experiences need to be daily renewed, daily lived in, daily lived from, in even the simplest of our everyday relationships, so that we know that we are truly, truly walking in the light, and we aren't wandering off into some darkness and deceiving ourselves that we're still in the light. So I pray for you wherever you are, whatever you're going through, that if you have wandered into the darkness, that the light is 
just around the bend. Just, just walk in the other direction. Cry out to God just as Jesus cried out on our behalf. Believe me, believe me that I speak the words that my Father has told me to speak. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. I pray that you would become a son of light. If you have been before, but now you know that somehow, some way you've wandered and you're in the darkness, I encourage you to humble yourself wherever you are. Tell yourself the truth. And simply walk back in the light. It doesn't have to be a long period of shaming and beating yourself up and woe is me. It can be as simple as renewing the mind, changing direction, repenting. All repenting means is to change direction. It's to change your mind. It's to move up to a different level. Leave behind where you've been and walk in the light fresh light. Walk while you have it. I bless you in Jesus' name to know that you are a son of light and that just as easily as you may have slipped out from under that light, you can slip right back underneath its beautiful glow. And if you have the opportunity to research Oswald Chambers or pick up his Daily devotional, my utmost for his highest, I would highly recommend it. And I bless you wherever you are to find him, to find him. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Narrow Road Podcast, and I will be back with you for another one tomorrow. Bye-bye.